why do such awful bad things happen to good people? And I don't want to spend too much time on stories, but I could tell you about the Bible camp my dad ran back in the late 1970s, three kids on the way to a Bible camp. Came around a corner in New Zealand where I grew up, where my dad was pastoring, slipped on some black ice sideways into a bridge. We came along a few minutes later and here's three of the four young people lying dead in the car on their way to a Bible camp. You don't believe that shook my dad and his ministry and his life? I could talk about my best mate in Auckland. Had a huge business, second biggest of the type of business in New Zealand. Dedicated to God, giving offerings, giving tithes, giving big, big. I'm talking, this guy really knew how to give. Not, not hundreds, but thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to the cause of God. He comes to me one day. He says, oh, I'm, I'm, I think we're going broke. Oil prices have gone up because, you know, uh, uh, his, his business is based on oil. And he says, oil prices have gone up. We just can't cope. I said, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to give more to the Lord. And so he gives more to the Lord. This is the sort of guy he is to this day. It's the sort of guy he is. And you know what happened to his business? Twelve months later, he went broke. You don't hear this from preachers much, do you? We're not preaching the prosperity gospel in New Hope. I'm not telling you if you come to God that everything's going to work out because often in this world it doesn't. And you know what I'm saying is the truth. And when you get pastors and preachers who get up the front and say, follow God, and if you follow God, everything's going to work out, then when something doesn't work out, guess what happens to the people? Well, I mustn't be following God right or I'm doing something wrong because he's not listening to me, he's not caring for me, and often they leave. And the last place you want to leave God is when you're in trouble. When you're facing crisis in your life, bad things happen to good people all the time. Wives leave good husbands and husbands leave good wives. Good men and women go broke. They get sick. They have accidents. They lose loved ones. They get caught up in wars. They die. <clears throat> yes, sometimes they die in terrorist attacks. They go through divorces. They go down in plane crashes. They lose unjust court cases. They are unemployed. Bad things happen to good people. Let me rephrase that. Bad things happen to Christians. Bad things happen to followers of Jesus all the time. All the time. Sometimes it seems to me that the bad things happen to God's people more than wicked people. And often it seems that the wicked prosper while the people of God suffer. Have you felt like that sometimes? I think that might be the reality sometimes. So today I just want to give you five quick points. I think they're five points worth considering on why I believe and why I think the Bible teaches that bad things are going to happen to the people of God. But before I do, I want to just say this. Jesus loves you. I love my ch children more than life itself. The first time I held little Hannah in my hands and then Danae, now I've got two sons. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I don't mind Daniel. He's all right. <laughs> He's a good bloke. <laughs> but... Uh, 
little Manny, Emmanuel. I call him, uh, at first it started off as Manny, but now it's, it's become Mandela. I call him Mandela. Love these boys. Love my girls. More than life itself. The first time I looked at Hannah, it's the first time I realised, and, and Hannah was born under duress. We, we were lucky she's, she and the mum survived. Uh, it was a prayer, it was a miracle. My first time Hannah was born and I'm holding her as a new father. Never held a child of my flesh and blood in my hands before. I looked at her, I looked down into her little blue eyes. I fell in love. I was, I was in love with her before she was born. You know that I used to sing to her, the poor kid. <laughs> this is before she was born. I used to sing to her. And, and, and it gave me, she never asked me to sing for an hour. <laughs> But I, I used to sing to her while she was still in the womb. This is the truth. So when she'd get upset and she's born, uh, I'd sing to her and she'd calm down. Can you believe it? As I say, it doesn't work. If she's upset and I sing to her now, she's looked at me and said, well, what's wrong with you, Dad? Stop singing. <laughs> but when I looked at her, it's the first time in my life I, I, I recognised and realised I would die instantly for a human being. I've never felt that before. And And when God looks at you, he looks at you like that. He loves you and he'd die for you. He'd die for you instantly and he did. There's a proof of his love for you. So, so when you're going through these hard times, I want you to remember, and this will come out in these five quick points, I want you to remember God loves you. Don't let the things that are happening on this world, in this world to you, don't let them ever shake you from the fact, from the undeniable fact that God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. But it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to you sometimes. So why do bad points, why do bad things happen to people? Five points. Number one, you gotta remember, you are in a war. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you have a look at this? Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through to 9. The Bible's really clear. You are in a war. Now, I've never been to war, but I can tell you, tell you this. I've been to countries that are in civil wars and I've seen soldiers walking around with guns with their, with, with their, their fingers on these hair triggers on. I don't want to do anything to upset you. A war is not a nice place to be. You, you can see it on the television, the news when you see it. Not the place you want to be. You are in a war. You are stuck. Fair, smack, bang in the middle of the fiercest, most intense, hostile war ever fought in the history of the universe and you're in the middle of it and there's not much you can do about it. It's what you're born to. You are in a war. Revelation 12, 7 to 9. Then war. Bible says it broke out in heaven between Michael, Jesus and his angels and they fought against the dragon and, and the dragon and his angels fought back. So there's a war in heaven before the world began. Before it was created, war was happening. So there's this war in heaven between Jesus and his angels on one side and, and Lucifer, Satan, the devil on his. There's a full blown rebellion brewing in heaven against the reign of Christ, the Father of the Spirit. And finally, Lucifer, you, 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 most of you know the story, with a third of the angels. Oh, how did an angel in the presence of God, able to look on his face and see his goodness and his mercy and his love? How could an angel side with Lucifer? I don't know. I don't know. 
But a third of them did. And there's this gigantic crashing together of these mighty intergalactic armies in a Star Wars like Hollywood can never portray. And it wasn't just a spiritual war. It's a physical confrontation between God on one side and the rebel and his angels on the other. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but the dragon was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Oh, I wish he wasn't hurled here. But this is where he comes. And you know the story. It's 6,000 plus years old. One of the most ancient in the Bible. Where Eve and Adam are in the garden and God says, Eat of any tree except one. You are in the war. War is coming to planet Earth through this story. Incredible but true. You can have any tree. Why is it we want what we can't have? I always want what I can't have. I want an XR8 Coyote supercharged, I truly do, black V8. I want it. I can't have it. I want it. We want what we can't have. She can have any tree in the garden, any fruit she wants. It's just a simple little test of loyalty where God's saying, hey, trust me. Just a simple test. It wasn't going to go on for eternity. I don't know how, but it's just long enough for them to say, yes, we choose God, we will walk with him. And Lucifer comes down disguised as a a beautiful serpent, multicoloured with wings. Verse 8, and you know the story, the woman was convinced. Lucifer says, eat of the fruit. You won't die. But God said, oh, well, you won't die. You'll be okay. And the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. That wisdom was the knowledge of death. And so she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And and Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says that when Adam ate the fruit, when Adam sinned, now listen to this, sin entered the world, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, or you could say pain and suffering. It spread to everyone for everyone sinned. We are in a war. On one side is God and one side is Lucifer. And I have never seen a war where there are not casualties. You are one of those casualties. And so am I and I'll bring this out in a moment, but I need to say it now, and so was Jesus. God himself is a casualty. And so you're in a war, and when you're in a war, you're going to get hurt. And we need to stop, recognize that as a fact. You can have the closest relationship with God possible to man. You can be Enoch, you can be literally walking your way into heaven. I'm telling you today, if you live on the earth, walking your way into heaven as Enoch did, you're still going to get hurt. You're still going to get bruised. Life is still going to traumatize you at times. You are still going to lose people. You are still going to one day face death yourself. You're in a war, point one, point two. 
these bad things seem random. Ecclesiastes 11.5, the wisest man who ever lived other than Jesus said, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. We do not understand God's will. I don't understand why he let Debbie go. I don't get it. To this day, I've thought about it long. I've prayed about it. I've looked, I've looked for, for deeper answers in the scripture. I don't get it. I don't understand God's will. I don't understand why I ministered to a 21 year old guy when I was in youth work with a little melanoma on his head and he's dead at 21. I don't understand why these bad things happen. They seem so random. But in the randomness, I want to give you this text because I want you to hold on to this truth. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust. What does it say? What? Trust. I want you to say, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding because if you try to understand these things when they're so random, it may drive you crazy and away from the Lord. There are some things that are happening to you that you will never understand. Just trust in God. I told you the other day how I went to visit Bruce in hospital. Lizzie was there. This guy's in his 40s. He has two teenage sons, a beautiful wife, a good job. He was about to bought a block of land, about to build a house, and he's lying in bed, and he has cancer. And when I went to see him, he had two, three days left of life. And he's lying there at the peak of life, surrounded by people with life flowing through them, and he's dying. And I leant down to say goodbye to him. And in his weakness, he grabs me. And he said, Lloyd, that's what he said, I won't see you again. But he said, Lloyd, I will see you in heaven. He trusted God. Amen. He didn't get it. He told me he didn't get it. He didn't understand. He didn't know why he had to leave at this time, but he was dying. He'd prayed about it. Church, this church had prayed about it. He'd been anointed. He'd done everything he could, pleading for the Lord to give him life. But through it all, even though he didn't understand it, he trusted in God. We have to practice trusting the Lord when we don't understand. Amen? Amen? And too often things go wrong because we don't get it. We just flip God off. Trust. Trust in the Lord before your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Point three, bad things. You might not like this point, but it's true. Bad things, when they happen to you, strengthen you. Do you know that? It's not a cliche. Listen to this text, James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way... Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Remember I talked to you about my swimming. Do you remember that? I I saw a blessed lady of the Lord this morning. You looked at me and said, Lord, you're losing weight. Thank you, sister. Could you come and join this church? We need more of you. 
<laughs> full of faith and full of positive talk. It was wonderful. Am I losing weight? Liska? I don't know, I'm not going to weigh myself. You know, Glenda was bringing a tape measure every week. Liska says yesterday to me, uh, is, is Glenda still bringing that tape measure to church? And I said, hallelujah, no. <laughs> you remember, Glenda, you would actually come and measure me. Not yet. Give me another. Well, let me get through Christmas. That's always a, <laughs> that's always a difficult time. <laughs> Do you remember how I told you I was swimming? Uh, I'm still swimming, maybe between 20 and 40 laps a day, more like 20 most times. But every now and again, I have a burst of enthusiasm. I do 40 laps. When I'm swimming, it hurts. Did you know that? If you're at the gym, how many of you do go? I know Claire goes to the gym all the time. Does it hurt? Well, if it doesn't hurt, you're not working hard enough, girl. So as I'm swimming, if it doesn't hurt, I go a little bit harder. Because Do you know why it hurts? Because it's actually tearing, the word is tearing muscle. And when the muscle tears, when it repairs, it repairs stronger or weaker? Also said the other day, if you feel it's weaker, you just come and feel my chest later. It, it's not bad, is it, baby? Hey? Come on, you know you like it. Hey? Do you want to show them how you feel it? You get stronger through the pain. And it works spiritually too, eh? And I know this when I went through my divorce, the worst time in my life. Do you think I came out weaker or stronger in the Lord? You know, I went through my divorce, I couldn't hear God some of the time. Well, most through the most darkest days, I, I just couldn't hear him. I couldn't see him. I'm hanging on to God by my fingernails. I remember one day saying, Lord, I know you're up there, because I'd already experienced him before the troubles. I know you're up there. I'd been with him, you see. I'd been walking with him for some time. I know you're there, but I can't feel you. I can't sense you. It's like you're a million miles away. But though you slay me, and this is what I said, though you slay me, Lord, I will hold on to you. I'm exercising, amen? And when I come out of that terrible, dark time, I come out stronger spiritually because I've gone through the storm with Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's why James says, be overjoyed when these troubles... Well, I don't know how it'll be hard to be overjoyed, but he says, be overjoyed. Why? Because you're going to come out stronger. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. This world's going into a time of trouble like the world has never seen. If you're going to go into it with Jesus, you've got to let him allow you to go through what at the moment you might think are huge, but just these little tests, they hurt, they cause trauma, they cause trauma. they're tearing. But as they tear and as you trust in Jesus, you get stronger and stronger and stronger so that when the end of the world crashes and all these terrible things happen, you are strong in Christ and you will walk through because you have been exercising in the little things with him day by day. So when the great tests come and your loyalty is called upon to make a stand for God, though the world reject him, you will do it. Do you get it? It's a beautiful thing, really, amen? You will do it. Number four. I've got four minutes left. According to that. I don't take notice of that. Jesus went through the bad times too. God's not standing there saying, you go through it. You'll be okay. He gets down off his throne. 
comes down onto this earth and he goes through the muck and the dirt and the pain and the trauma, goes through death itself. Where you've got to go, he's already been. Your saviour has already been there, has already walked the road. And relying on the same God you did, he came out. Look at Jesus just for a moment. Abandoned by his friends. Forsaken by his enemy. Sorry. Abandoned by his friends. Forsaken not by his enemies. Forsaken by his family. Gossiped and lied about. His best friend and cousin murdered because of him. The church, yes, the church rejected him. Arrested, mock trial, spat on, flogged and killed. And he was God. And so if God has to go through it, if Jesus has to go through it, and you belong to him, make no mistake, you are going to have to walk in his footsteps. And let me say something to you just for a moment. I reckon that if you follow God, and if you're fed income with him, if you're asking to be born again every day, if you're in your Bible and if you're praying, if you're a fair dinkum, on fire or lighting up Christian, I reckon Satan's going to sock it to you more. You've got to get heavier. He's going to come at you. I, I see it time after time with people who, every single person I've ever baptised in 25 years of ministry, in the week before they get baptised, the devil goes at them, bang, 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 bang. The more you follow God, the deeper you, you walk with him, the, the more you search for him, the more you, you pray him into your life, the more agitated, the more upset, the more concerned Satan is going to become and he is going to specifically target you because he wants to stop you, he wants to stop your witness. But Jesus went through it and he did it with the power of God. And he left giant footsteps that our little feet can walk in. And if we can't walk in his footsteps, he'll come back and lift us up and carry us through. Amen? He really will do it. So Jesus went through a point four and the last point, And I love this. Until it's over, Jesus will walk with you. Sometimes he'll carry you. Psalm 23 verse 4, even when I walk, I love this psalm. In fact, when I go to people, and I've done it a lot of times, and I sit by their bedside, they're old, they're young, whatever, in the hospital, and they're dying, I read them scripture, and this is the first scripture I turn to. I don't care that it's a cliche psalm, because it's not a cliche psalm for me. One of the greatest psalms, one of the greatest passages of scripture in all the Bible. And in the middle of it, verse 4 says, even, even when I walk through the darkest valley, the shadow of death, some versions say, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Jesus will walk through these trials with you. You may not feel him, you may not sense him. It's because you're traumatized, it's because you're hurt, you're damaged, you're going through a very awful experience. It's difficult to sense anything. But Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Difficult to sense him, but Jesus is there. And he's walking with you, and he's, as I said, he's, he's sometimes carrying you. You know, I fell through a window a year or two back. Uh, Locked my keys outside, fell through a window, tried to climb through the gap between the window rattling air conditioner and the and the and the the top of the window. It's about that big, and if you look, it it doesn't fit easily. (laughs) 
and I did get jammed halfway between and then I kind of plopped straight onto the floor and fell on the concrete floor and suffered a really bad injury. This is what I like about this story. The moment I had that injury, and I actually thought I might be going to die, that's how serious the injury was, who do you think I turned to? Instantly I called on Jesus. And that's how it has to be, amen? The moment you get in trouble, the moment you go for trauma, go through trauma. I lost my little daughter when she was three years old in a, in a shopping centre for over 30 minutes. We found her later. This is Hannah. We found her later outside walking with some teenagers across the road into the bush. A lady found her and brought her back, an angel. An angel dressed heavily in makeup and jewellery. The most beautiful angel I saw. Walked back into the... To, to the walk back into the shopping centre and there's Hannah such such a a, a beautiful relief but the, the moment Hannah went missing the moment I knew she wasn't there what do you think I did I went for who Jesus, every time I have crisis, whether expected or unexpected, I go for Jesus. He's there instantly. If I go for a car accident, if I fall off my motorcycle, I don't want to do that. I've already done that a couple of times. Don't you laugh either, because your day's coming and your bike with you on it weighs about three tonne. So when it falls, but if I fall off my motorcycle, something happens to me. If, 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 if I go through, if I was to lose someone who's, who's near to me, who's dear to me, if I am faced with death myself, I can tell you every single time I'm instantly going to go to Jesus. I go to him. He's my first point of call. He's the first one I look to. No one else. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So I conclude, you are in a war. It does seem random and you've got to trust. Bad things will strengthen you in Christ. Jesus copped it too. So he gets your pain. 